Hi everyone, welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast with Rebecca Corretto. For this episode, it's going to be very different because it's my first interview and it is interviewing somebody that wants to remain anonymous and this episode is going to be very vulnerable for the both of us because nothing is off limits and so... He is actually in a relationship and I'm not because I thought it was good to interview somebody that is in a relationship and get two different perspectives. And so I also want to preface it by saying that growing up, I wasn't very close with my dad. I was closer to my mom. And now that I'm older, me and my dad have a really good relationship. Um, But it wasn't always like that. And my dad's a great man. And I know that when I was younger, I was a little girl that always wanted his attention, but he was working hard. He would work early in the morning, late at night. I would only get to see him on the weekends. And um, even when I would get any sort of like validation from him, it was when I would get all A's on my report card. And I know that that probably sounds bad, but it was just because he was raised Um, He had a lot of brothers and sisters growing up in Mexico and he was just always taught to be a hard worker and be humble. And so he wanted that same thing for me. So he was just very hard on me, but it's because he loved me. Um, So I just grew up always like wanting to get good grades and always just wanting to make my dad proud. And I mean, now like things are different, but he really appreciates like what I'm doing and where I'm going in life. And yeah, he's amazing. Um, so this is, I tell you this, like all about the background of when I was younger growing up, because I feel like that helps shape my relationships with guys and like the attention I wanted and I yearned for, like I wanted that fairy tale, but not knowing that there's more to wanting the fairy tale than putting actions behind it. Like being in a relationship is not just one sided. Like it takes two whole people that are individually whole in order to come together So I'm going to go ahead and read a Bible scripture because I viewed relationships very different when I was younger to how I am now. So I'm just going to read it to you and then we're just going to let the interview flow and see where it takes us. Ephesians 5 verse 21 through 30. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. And I wanted to tell you that Bible scripture because that has honestly shaped my view on relationships. Before I started going to counseling, I know that I had a lot of trust issues and I was told by my dad when I was younger that all men cheat and I felt like I had to accept that and that I was only worthy of a man that cheated on me because of what my dad said and not realizing that that was a lie and the truth is all insecure people cheat not that all men cheat because then that would mean like you're singling out just men and women can cheat too so it should be that lie should be reversed to all 
insecure people cheat so now we're gonna just get into the interview and let it flow okay so i want to give a little bit of background about mr anonymous so he his story is a little bit different because he didn't grow up in an environment that you would call normal like he grew up in a broken home versus me like i had more stability in my home but i mean everybody i feel like every family is broken in some way but his story i feel like is representative of a lot of the males out there who are just afraid to even like talk about it like i know a lot of men out there are vulnerable and so i wanted him to share like how he grew up and how he viewed relationships and then help whoever is listening if they're in a relationship or not and be able to let them know that they're not alone either because ultimately we all just want to like help each other and help each other grow and i know like for me and my family like the men in my family are not very vulnerable and when a man shows emotion or is vulnerable they will call each other names and it's just like really messed up and when it comes to women being vulnerable it's just normal and so I wanted him to share what it was like growing up in his home and like how it is for him now because there should be no excuse whether you're a man or a woman of how you should be in a relationship because there are role models that you can seek all around you. So, all right, let's go ahead with the first question. So, Mr. Anonymous, um, can you explain a little bit of your background and how you grew up and, you know, like what were some of the things that you saw in a relationship that you knew were things that you didn't want in your future relationships and who were your role models so when i was a kid i was forced to make a decision whether to live with my mom or live with my dad and i chose to live with my dad only because at the time he was going to live by himself and i really didn't want to leave him alone and so I was living with him till I was like 15 and then he got deported um and so I was not forced to live with my grandpa but I I I guess I chose to live with my grandpa it was either stay with my grandpa or go to Mexico with my dad and I chose to go live with my grandpa and um so I, I at the time I really didn't have I guess a role model to to show me what was right and wrong you know I kind of had to figure out that all by myself so what's your take on people saying that well I didn't really have anyone to show me so this is why the way that I am and I can't change it uh, to be honest I think that's just that's just an excuse you know I mean a lot of people have problems and they come out to be you know fine um it's like uh it's like that's i i read it somewhere where it's like two brothers you know two brothers have the same dad and this dad comes out to be an alcoholic and abusive and so these two brothers grow up and one of them turns out to be just like his father you know and then the other one totally the opposite and um they both ask, and they, they they both get asked the same question you know why why did you turn out the way you are right now and then they both answer well because of my father so 
you know, that being said, it's just really up to you whether you want to use it as a an excuse or a motivation, you know? Oh, and I completely agree. And I know for me, like, I felt like I used that as an excuse a lot before I went to counseling. And then when I started going to counseling, I realized, like, I can change that. Like, I don't have to continue to sprout the bad seeds that were fed to me when I was younger. And so I can always flourish with new seeds and plant them. And yeah, I I completely agree with you. So next question, was it hard for you to be vulnerable in your relationship or are you vulnerable in your relationship? Well, at first, maybe not. You know, I had to probably work on it, you know, Um, but I believe now I'm a little better. But what I probably do need to work on is maybe accepting vulnerable. What did I say that? Vulnerability. So accepting vulnerability, you know, because coming from a, you know, Mexican family, you really don't get taught that those things, you know. Um, So, I mean, I guess from since you said coming from a Mexican family, was there like a lot of machismo Um, and for like the listeners that don't know what that means, that means like very prideful men that don't show emotion so was there a lot of that in your family? Yeah. Um. And so like when like you were like, did you portray that also like machismo or like how did you like steer away from that? Like what was it to you and your family like growing up? Like, can you well, describe the, it? Well, the way I see it's like when you have that in, in your in your household, I don't think it's healthy. Um, I feel like when, like, what are some examples that you can give the listeners? Cause they, they probably don't even know what that is. Like describing like what machismo, like examples of what it is. Well, like to me, it? I feel like machismo is like, you know, it's just this guy, just uh well, man that has a wife that does what a wife's supposed to do, you know, which is cook, clean, have a fucking meal you know prepared once he gets home um okay but what about like showing emotion and like i know for the machismos that i know like they bottle things up inside and they're taught not to show any emotion or they're shame for it being called names so has that ever happened to you or have you seen any of your family members go through that yeah i've seen that and the reason why i think men do this because they just don't know how to express themselves you know they just bottle things up and do you think that that's healthy bottling things up no obviously it's not healthy but towards the end you're it just there's gonna be a time where you just have to open that lid and everything just comes out you know and sometimes it could be like i i know like for in my family like i know i've seen that and experienced it where it's like someone in the family like a guy will just like literally blow up out of nowhere and it's like okay you thought it was you they were upset about one thing but in reality it's they're upset about a whole bunch of things and then that's just like one thing that they let it all out in one time so Mm -hmm. yeah I, i i get it um what do you think about like physical strength versus emotional strength 
do you think that they're different? Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, they're different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are they not? <laughs> so, like, how do you get, like, obviously, like, you get more, like, strength, you like, on the outside mm-hmm. where you can, like, go to the gym, work out. But, like, how do you gain emotional strength? Well, you can gain emotional strength by being true to yourself, you know, being vulnerable, you know, um, don't hold things in, communicate, you know, if you have a wife, talk to your wife, you know, yeah, she's not going to judge you and, you know, and just let it out, express yourself. Uh, yeah. What do you think? No, that's good. Like, I agree. I feel like. I, this past year, I learned how to process my emotions in a healthy way and gain more emotional strength. Like, I feel like it was, like, emotional chaos before, and now I feel like I've gotten stronger in it, where it's like, okay, I'm going to write down why I'm feeling a certain way and what I can learn from it and how I can grow from it, because I don't want to be stuck in that, like, same emotional strength level. Like, I want to... I want to be emotional strength buff. I don't know. (laughs) 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 Okay, so next question. What are some deal breakers for you? My deal breakers? Um, You know, being... uh, Not showing appreciation. That's one. Not telling the truth. Um... What else? Another deal breaker. You know, immaturity. Um, not keeping their word. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. No, I agree with you on those. And then also somebody not being emotionally available, like not willing to be vulnerable with me. Um, and then another one for me would be inconsistency. Like maybe they say they're going to do something and then they don't follow through with it. Um, let's see. Next question. What's your take on being best friends with the opposite sex besides the person you're in, you are in a relationship with? Fuck. I, I think that right there. If you're friends, if you're in a relationship and you have a girl best friend, I think that that just creates problems. Um, yeah, you're just going to have problems, I believe, you know. Did you ever experience that with your relationship? Uh, I did. I did in the beginning of our relationship, yeah. And it just, she just made me kind of open my eyes. Who? Your uh, best friend or? No, my current girlfriend. Oh, okay. How did she um, open your eyes? She, well, she just made me see. She pretty much gave me an ultimatum, whether I wanted to keep on, you know, dating her or, um, having this girl best friend. And all right, Becca, I'm gonna pass it to you. Okay, so for me, I think that it's not a good idea to have a best friend of the opposite sex, especially if you're in a relationship. Because the person you're in a relationship with should ultimately be your best friend and somebody that you can share things with and be vulnerable other than that person, that girl that is your best friend if you're a guy. And it's like, 
because you want it to feel like a sacred relationship like how how are you going to create a future when you're entertaining uh, another person of the opposite sex as your best friend like what happens when you get in a fight you're going to run to them or what happens if you need advice like you want to ultimately go to your partner and being able to create that strong bond between each other no yeah i I agree with you okay so what about the most important factor in relationship like what is key to having a healthy relationship that you think key to me is um communication i think communication is you know the number one thing you should do or you should have in a healthy relationship you know because that way there's something wrong you just go ahead and tell your significant other and tell them what's wrong you know yeah so like saying what you feel in that moment in time maybe i mean depends on the time you you don't want to have a conversation in the middle of a party you know uh maybe just wait until you get home and just let your partner hey you know what when you did this or when you did that i really really didn't you know i really didn't like it or it made me feel this certain way and so like should you always just be straight out with communicating or like what are like when you say communicate like what are important things about communicating that you should take into consideration well like how you say things you know you don't like the last thing you want to do is is start an argument you know because of because you you didn't say something you know you didn't say something the right way or it or it comes out the wrong way or your tone of voice like your tone of voice is sound comes out to be you know excuse me but bitchy you know what i mean and the same thing with the guys you know you don't want to come out to be like an asshole and you know okay so like what's important is in the way you communicate is your tone and maybe your approach yeah okay and do you think it's always a good idea to like hold things in like when you are maybe like not on the same page on something you know you are in a little argument or do you think it's better to just like wait like maybe a week or how long should you wait if something bothers you well if something bothers you i think you should just talk right there and then i mean it has to be at home for sure you know you don't want to go to a restaurant and have a conversation there no it has to be private you know what happens at home happens at home (laughs) and what's your take on like going to sleep mad like you always make sure you you go to bed like always like on a good note like or yeah um no well, that's that's. I think that's my thing. You know, you, you never go to sleep angry. Um, I think we we try to talk it out. Um, that's good. But if but it just depends. Like if you guys are both in that heat, you know, both in that on that, you know, like you're both there trying to kill each other, and yeah, you guys should just separate, go to different rooms, and just wait until tomorrow go go to work do your thing have you know a clean mind and you know when you come home you both realize on you know who did wrong and you did this wrong you know you you guys you both have a clear mind and and um come together peacefully 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay. All right. So, do you have any questions for me? Um, questions. Anything. So, how's the single life going? The single life is going really well. Like, honestly, I feel like I haven't been single in a long time. I mean, I literally lost myself in that six-year relationship and the one before that, too. So I never really knew who I was or, like, how to be alone and enjoy my company. And now that I'm single, like, I enjoy it. Like, I am finding out parts of me that I didn't know were deep down in there and things that I'm capable of and knowing that... I don't need somebody's approval or validation. Like I can just zone in on my genius and like showcase that to the world. And the person that will eventually come into my life, they will add a value to that. No, yeah, that's good because, you know, you get to figure out who you really are. And um, yeah, you know. Thank you. All right, so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and end this interview here. And if y'all liked this episode or any of the previous episodes, please go ahead and leave a review. I greatly appreciate it. And I want to thank Mr. Anonymous for being vulnerable and sharing his perspective on relationships. I greatly, greatly appreciate him. And I appreciate you all for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.